Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another 
episode of Power on Choices Live. The title of our show today is Latest School Shooting, Bullying, and Million Man March 20th Anniversary. That's right, it's been 20 years. Well, welcome everyone to the show. A little bit about Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live comes on every Saturday at 12.30 p.m. on the West Coast. And that would be 3.30 p.m. for those East Coast listeners. And thank you all for joining us. And, of course, internationally, just whatever your time happens to be. Appreciate the folks from the motherland listening. Big shout-out to South Africa, who is listening to Our Own Voices Live now. Thank you very much for taking an interest in what's going on in the United States with the African-American community and with the community in general. Uh, a little bit about Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live is a radio show featuring people and stories from our community in Las Vegas, the surrounding area, and someplace near you. America is the greatest country on earth due to its culture diversity and not in spite of it. Our mission is to help bridge the culture and ethnic divide in America by working together build the greatest bridge in history to unite us. Some of the ways we do this with shows like Our Own Voices Live. We also have Our Own Voices, the digital and print magazine, really the genesis of it all. And then every week we have something we call The Gathering, which is located at the West Side Beach Show, part of the Culinary Academy in North Las Vegas, 710 West Lake Boulevard from 12 to 2 p.m. And that's when people from the community, from various walks of life, religions, ethnicities, you name it, even political party affiliation, show up in one spot to inform, but more importantly, just to get to know their fellow man. That is what Larry Henderson talked about with your fellow man. Well, this is an opportunity for us to get together man and woman. And remember, though Adam was first, we have all come from that woman. Big shout-out to all the lady listeners out there and all the ladies who are in the gathering, beautiful people, beautiful, I'm talking inside and out. And for those of you who might be looking, we got some single folks there, and we're going to talk about that single stuff later on because we got an upcoming show that we can get you a little light. So, again, the topic is of the show today is a little little serious. we got the latest school shooting, which happened on this time on the West Coast. It was not an East-West Coast. It's not even a North-South thing, per se. Uh, then this month just happens to be National Bullying Prevention Awareness Month. And we have someone to come on our show today, uh, and I'd like to get my homegirl and co-host of our own voices live. It's Dan's promise to pronounce his name, but I believe is well, I'm not to let her get the shot at that. Uh, welcome to the show, Angela. What's good, Mr. Smith? It's another fabulous, sunny Saturday in Las Vegas, and we're here to enjoy it again. Uh, well, yes, it is. It is sunny. It is fall, uh, fall for most people. In Las Vegas, <laughs> just a continuation of summer, uh, right? Because you know when we we're dropping down into the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's our cool down, people. Ninety degrees. 
so, yeah, uh, but we do have on our show today, I believe he posted, you can really pronounce his name, is Benicius uh, Mercado, and he's a national spokesperson for Stop the Stop Bullying Now Foundation Stop Foundation. Stop Bullying Now Foundation dot org, and he's going to be on at the top of the hour to talk about his, the bullying, his involvement with the National Bullying Campaign, and uh, he's also written a book uh, that you all who have an interest in bullying should go out there and, and check out, and it's Benicius uh, Mercado, My Gratitude is the title of the book. And if you want more information, you can go to uh, hashtag Stop Bullying Now and hashtag Be the Change You Want to See to get more information before he comes on to the show and also some follow-up information. Uh, many of you will know who he is, and we'll give a little intro once uh, right before he comes on to the show because this, this man is out there in TV land doing the thing. And it's surprising because some of the characters he plays you might not associate with his real life character, but uh, <laughs> he will he will be on to talk about that. So that's uh, what the show is going to be about today. Um, a lot of stuff in the news that happened this week. We want to do a quick uh, run by of the news. We have uh, Jeff Bush's comments about black people this a political season. There will be a candidate debate here in my city of Las Vegas. I believe it's next weekend, and uh, that should be quite interesting. This is a Democrat this time. We'll see if anybody separates themselves uh, from the pack, and also see how uh, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton does. Her numbers have been falling in the polls. Bernie Sanders' numbers have been going up in the polls. Uh, of course, we would love for either one of them to join us on our own voices live, but uh, keep us in keep us locked because. We may have some news on that very soon. But, you know, so they'll be here in our city and uh, talking about it. Of course, bullying has been an issue right here in Las Vegas uh, with some folks who committed suicide in association with uh, bullying. So we know that bullying is an issue, and that's why we want to address it today. And October is the month to set aside for that. Absolutely. Uh, some this other month. Things. We did one of the titles of the show is the latest uh, school shooting. It was a, a school shooting, and of course that put uh, gun control back into the spotlight. And for those of you who may be thinking about COVID, I would love to hear what you think about gun control. And is politicizing it the way to go? Because oftentimes when gun control, these shooters come up, gun control always comes up, and then right behind that is. Uh, why people, guns don't kill people. People kill people with guns. The gun is an inanimate object. We also have the issue of mental health. It is, there's a few things that tend to be in common with all of these cases, and that is that usually the person has some form of mental illness or the other. Usually the person has some telegraph what they're going to do on social media and even in conversation, so there's opportunities to prevent it. But this mental health question is always in the mix, and it seems to be something that takes a back seat. What are we going to do about that? So we want to get into that a little bit later on. And then we have the Million Man March 20th anniversary. 
Well, that's the name March 20th anniversary. We call it 101016, which is right around the corner as well. But it says, you know, in the title, the 20th anniversary million man march, and I believe it says, or else. And I'm kind of curious. What does the or else mean to you? What should it mean? And are you going? Give us a call, 347-826-9600, 347-826-9600. If you'd like to chat with us, press 1 on your keypad. So that let us know to uh, take you off of mute and make your mic hot. Make sure you turn down any background noise so it's just us and not all of the other activities that may be going on in your life because we want to hear what you have to say. So that's kind of um, Oh, and Angela, being our social media guru, last week's show we talked about some of the hottest shows on television, and Empire was one of those shows. They started out with more of a symbol versus a thing or boom. And Angela, you got some latest uh, numbers on Empire. Well, it seems that I was not the only one affected by last week's uh last week's uh, Empire content, they lost over 3 million viewers uh, to this this week's uh, episode. That's an 18% dip in their ratings. Um, I'm sure that got the executive's attention, and I'm glad that we had a conversation with our community about it last week. And you know, one of the we at the end of the show last week, we agreed to disagree, and we said that we would see what would happen for this week's episode. And a 18% dip in in viewership is significant. Believe you me, the executives in the office are trying to figure out, you know, what they can do about the coming episodes. I bet they're in the editing room right as we speak. Uh, rearranging some things to try and uh, fix that storyline a little bit. And for those of you who listened to the show last week and had a comment, it's okay to call in and comment about that. It doesn't be a one-time thing, but it also could be a signal that people were not happy with the direction of the show. And it will be interesting because we know that I believe one of the producers and writers of the show came out with certain proclamations on some of his intent and purpose of the show. Well, if his intent and purpose of the show, the question is, is it backfire? And then how will he be able to continue his mission? Will he still continue his mission? 347-826-9600. We have a few minutes before our guest comes on. And what other stuff is out there in the news, Angela? Well, um, I just want to do a little... Chit chat about Venetius Machado. Our guest is coming on at the top of the hour. I mean, you know, maybe he'll be able to chime in a little bit about his thoughts on uh, primetime since he's been in some of the hottest shows. He was, I call him primetime, one of primetime's premier bad guys because he's been a bad guy on some of our uh, most watched shows. He was a bad guy in the first season of Power. Uh, he's he's on True Detective as a bad guy. He's been on a lot of primetime shows as bad guys. So it's interesting that he uh, is coming onto the platform and coming out front 
with an initiative about bullying, and he's our brother from Brazil, and I can't wait to talk to him about prime time. I want to talk about, of course, bullying and, and his book, and, you know, just really excited to have him on the platform, Vinicius Machado. Looking forward to it. You know, it's kind of interesting because, you know, some of when we think about uh, these school shootings, uh, we, Columbine is the one that sort of made, put it on the map and blew it up. And one of the things that they mentioned in Columbine is how they had been bullied. And it was, this was, you know, them acting out and reaching out at the same time on the impact of bullying and getting back at those and putting them in a position of power. Bullying is about power, and uh, speaking of power, which is one of the shows uh, that uh, Mr. Mercado stars on, but it is about power. Uh, very similar to rape, is about power. And we studies mass shooting is about people positioning themselves then finally in a position of power and a certain level of notoriety. So did it start out? These school shootings possibly start out one way and then have has evolved, as most things do, into what we have today. Into something else. Uh, one of the things that I think is very uh, positive about Turner and learning is, one, the way the first responders uh, approach this when it happens, which has been some dramatic changes which they take to save lives, but also what happens after the fact. Oftentimes, many of these folks who participated in these mass shootings, killings, uh, do it because they want to get their name out there in the limelight. They want to make headlines. And what there is a effort uh, not to mention the individual's name. And I think that's a good I'm not going to mention this on the show today, but I will tell you that as in so many killers of the past, and this is just anecdotal, you know, we got Lee Harvey, Oswald, Dave Girl, Betty, Tom Gill, John Wilson, you know, just go down and listen to it. That's not perfect. But he also has three names. And, uh, you know, these typically are men of a certain age, uh, usually in their early 20s. 20s, mm-hmm. And what is going on with our men? out there, our young men, oftentimes we hear about black men and what's going on in their communities. But here's a situation where mass killings that make national news are normally white men, white young men. And, you know, it also begs the question from a Black Lives Matter perspective is how they, how black people are perceived by police. And it's, re- it's referenced. Black on black crime. Well, most of the time when these mass shootings occur, it is with white people, normally white young men, and it is normally the majority of the people who are killed are, are, are white. And so that would be to point a phrase, white on white crime. But somehow that doesn't translate over in the media representation of what's going on. Now, I think that both terms really nullify nullify each other because the reality is people kill people who look and act like them who live in the same environment. And that's just the bottom line, whether you're, you're black, whether you're white, you're Latino, Hispanic, you're Asian. But people tend to commit crimes against 
people like them. So that's why I think it's always been a repairing. Uh, you could throw a bunch of other uh, euphemisms and names associated to it. So I, I don't buy into those things. It is interesting how the media portrays it one way with one group of people and another way with a separate group of people. True that. So give us a call, 347-826-9600. We'd love to hear what you all have to think. We had a robust conversation at the gathering yesterday. And uh, oh, before I forget, yesterday, because I went to the gathering, uh, I had a particular subject matter topic. I thought it was a serious topic, and it was an initiative that I wanted to start. And uh, we're going to talk about that later on in the month when we do our education segment. And so I this is going, and I want to thank you all for making a mature man feel young again. <laughs> all of the social media life that that picture has garnered out there. So thank you all. You made my day. I fully energized and ready to go out there and make the most of it happen. And hopefully you ready that's to do it? That, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully this is a sign that we can actually bring this particular initiative to fruition. So we're going to talk about that when we do our education uh, show because it is a very important ingredient, I believe, of college education. But thank you for all of the likes. Hey, you know, Kim Kardashian, they shoot from Facebook. Let's see, let's, see if I can, let's see if I can break Facebook in my sphere, in my sphere. Not the whole Internet, but the Internet of my sphere. <laughs> so, anyway, thank you all. I, I appreciate that. Every girl's crazy about a sharp-dressed man, apparently. Well, and, and man, the saying is still true. true. That, that, was, uh, that was remarkable. Uh, we did have uh, quite a few people at the gathering uh, yesterday. And as you all know, the, the dates are coming up. And for those of you who may not be involved, you should get involved. Uh, because what are these people saying that matters to you? Uh, because for sure, if they're not saying it, it probably won't get done. So what are they saying in reference to you and things that you may want or nowadays things you may need? Uh, how, how do these people represent you? Are they giving you any indication that they will represent you as you feel you should be represented? Well, these debates, an opportunity to hear what they have to say. Oftentimes they'll do town halls, and when they do these town halls, I think you should be a part of it. Absolutely. We should all uh, come in and put our our input into what's going to happen at the schoolhouse with our with with our children, and whether you have children directly in the in the school system affected you know, uh, by these policies, or you're like me. Um, I have no children except my grandkids uh, in the school system, but I still want to make it a great, um, as great of a a system as I, I could possibly make it. So it needs to happen. And um, 
I'm looking forward to the caucus and what they are bringing this year to the to the forefront on education because we need it. We need these uh, different community-driven uh, initiatives to give, uh, you know, constituents an opportunity to say something. You know, we just had the Tech Education uh, Town Hall with the Clark County School Board of Trustees. And the reason why I want to mention that because it deals with education. It's a, it was a topic that got a lot of news and a lot of people in an uproar. Well, they they did have a meeting for parents to come out and give public input. And the it's it's about being involved. And there was a group on one particular side that brought out the most people, so they're the ones who had the most say. And who knows if that's an indication of how it will go. But it's the fact that they had it. The school board of trustees had it, and there was an opportunity for the public to go out and give public input. You have to go out and give, you have to speak up. And, and that's sort of our monitor for our own voices. But you have to speak up. Uh, there's an old saying that actually here some of my sister girls say that a closed mouth won't get fed. So well, you got <laughs> to speak up. And when they have these events, you have to speak up. When these candidates come out here, and if there's things that you know that you need, and if you live in Las Vegas, you know that there's plenty of stuff that you need. But there's stuff that you need wherever you are that's in the boosting audience. You have to come out to these events. You have to speak up. You have to engage with these individuals. These are folks who are making decisions. And these decisions will impact your life. It makes no difference whether Democrat or Republican, because we know that one of them is going to get elected, and they're going to carry their agenda. So if you want their agenda to be your agenda, you have to tell them what it is. So having the front runner, Ms. Uh, Hillary Clinton, and the the one that's sort of surging in the polls, Bernie Sanders. Now there are other folks in the race they're just polling at about 1%, so we don't know how much input they're going to have. But it's, it makes no difference what they're polling at currently because this is early. But you have to be involved. Please be involved. That place should be packed. It should be packed in all of the overflow areas. And let's push those people for a town hall. What I told them, and I said this is a part of Black Lives Matter, but this is just part of America, is we need to incorporate integrate African-American history and culture in all curriculum, uh, K through 12, and all school, publicly funded schools of higher learning. And I said, and that needs to be part of our litmus test to whomever is trying to get our vote. So when those candidates come out this, uh, this week, this coming week to Las Vegas, for those of you in the sound of my voice, that needs to be one of the things you ask, not just about Black Lives Matter, but giving something specific and tangible to go on. And I think in the long term, if we can adjust our education system to incorporate African-American history and culture, as well as others, Native American, Latino, Hispanic, other major groups out there, but I'm talking specifically about African-American history and culture, 
so that other people become aware of it, so that we become aware of it, because all too often our children are not. And all too often we are misperceived because of the omission literally in the classroom for 12 years, 12 years of going to school and learning that the African-American's history in America started with slavery and learning that everything that was created in the world usually was not an African or African-American. By omission, we were literally are disenfranchising people, and we're perpetuating some myths out there that literally are killing us. So that's the reason why I believe that's important. I wanted to get my plug in so that you all, because the day is coming up this, this coming week, and let's let's start that. I have to figure out how to shorten it so we can get a hashtag going, but we need to push that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know we we have we have to work for ourselves. If we keep waiting for other people to do it for us, we may just keep waiting. And we have to put it on them, give them a reason, and then push them to do what we want them to do. If not, we may get what we've been getting, which is a lot of a lot of nothing down in the streets. I answered that a lot enough. And, of course, I believe it impacts how we see ourselves, how our children see one another, how they interact with each other in the street. You know, and your city also comes up in the discussions about the amount of uh, self-inflicted wounds upon our country, with, uh, upon our communities, with people from our community killing each other. Uh, absolutely. absolutely. Last weekend in a 15-hour stretch, over 50 people shot a mom, a 10-month-old, a grandmother, all lost their lives last week. So, you know, my city is always on Front Street where this um, particular guns, violence, uh, shootings, uh, what's going on in our communities, what's going on with our youth, we are definitely one of the uh, focal points in all of those um, hot topic areas. So definitely would like to see things change. What do you think we can do? You know, the president's remarks this week were very, he seemed very frustrated. And, you know, he, more than any other president ever, has had to deliver remarks uh, regarding uh, mass shootings every week. Of his presidency, he said, uh, this second term, he's had to talk about and deliver his condolences to families across this country uh, regarding their loved one being lost in a mass shooting. And that that struck me uh, when he said that every week he has had to deal with something like that. Um. So, you know, let me give a station ID, and then I want you to give your thoughts on, you know, what did you, if you if you heard any of the president's remarks, chime in. Uh, you're listening to Our Own Voices Live. I am Angela Thomas, and this week we have a lot going on. So we hope you chime in. Please call us at 347-826-9600. Again, our number for you to call in or listen in is 347-826-9600. Please come visit us uh, on our social media 
uh, platform, please visit, visit us on Facebook. We always got something going on there. Um, so facebook.com backslash Our Own Voices Live. It's always something interesting up, and, you know, we can always talk about whatever you want to talk about via social media. Give us some ideas about future shows you love to hear about. We'd love to hear from you. Again, you're listening to Our Own Voices Live, and I'm Angela Thomas. And I am the co-host, Rodney Smith, and, you know, we have, um, because this is National National Bully, uh, Bully and Prevention Month, we thought that this was and because we did have the school shootings and I mentioned earlier, you know, the Columbine and sort of what kicked this off, which has a lot to do with bullying. And this is impacting all communities. Now, the way that we normally approach this is, and I don't know if it's a knee-jerk reaction, but we tend to just focus on guns. And I'm not saying that there should be a focus on guns, but is it the right focus? And the mental health now, I, I want to say this about mental health. Notice I said mental health and health came after mental, right? Mm. So oftentimes when we think of health, we think of somebody breaks something, they're going to have a cold, you know, a, a virus, what's the pathology, right? Well, mental health does have health in it, just as physical health. So it is health. And, you know, we spend a lot of money on preventative health care, as well as after illness uh, health care. But what about, for, at least for physical illnesses, what about mental illness? Is this still one of those things where we really don't want to talk about it? And then do we sort of cast everyone that has a form of mental illness as being outliers and not sort of a part of mainstream society? How do we do that? How do we see people with mental illness? As an example, we know that 50% of our combat soldiers, 50%, are coming back to this country with a mental health issue. There's another wow. percentage. There's another percentage that are coming back with traumatic brain injury, which oftentimes mimics uh, PTSD. So this is this is real. This is happening now. PTSD, right? Is something I got that you. does not affect people who are in the military. Think about those people who grow up in whether Chicago, Detroit, or wherever that are witnessing their friends and their relatives killed oftentimes right before their eyes, they can develop PTSD. How does that impact their development? Have, have we ever put to that? What about the people who witnessed these mass shootings personally and then on, on uh, television? How does that affect them? How does that possibly lead them into police? Um you know, and look, there's a whole lot uh, to this, and as it being national bullying prevention needs, uh, we, we we want to talk about that. As I said, remember, Columbine started because of some people feeling disrespected and who were bullied, and they and it was a they wanted to get the upper hand, and they wanted to be known. Right. So 
we do have a guest that's coming on to our show today. Let's give a little more background about who he is and uh, some of his uh, film work, and uh, he could be calling in shortly. Um, yes. Let me pull up just a couple of things, and I will. Viticus uh, Machero, and I'm butchering his last name, um, is a great character actor. He has been on, uh, well, I became aware of him with one of my favorite guilty pleasures, which is Power on on uh, Stars. Is this Showtime? Anyway, he's on Power. He was on the first season, and he played, you know, he always plays a really bad guy. So it's just very interesting that uh, he's coming onto the platform to talk about bullying because, you know, as I said before, he's one of Primetime's premier bad guys. And I'm looking forward to hearing more about his role as national spokesperson for Stop Bullying Now. And I'm looking forward to hearing about his book. And I'm looking forward to hearing about uh his his work on true detective and power and you know a lot of prime times uh leading shows so if you have any questions regarding the bullying and you know it's prime time work feel free to call in and get your questions going now for uh Mr. Machado and what we're doing today for kids in school and bullying and ultimately, you know, ha- hoping to have some impact on the mass violence in our cities and as well as, you know, maybe some of the information shared here today, we can help to prevent another uh, mass shooting. We wanted to do something a little different this time in our observation of lives lost to uh, another one of these tragedies. Uh, present our audience with um, some information, some news they could use and take back with them, and and hopefully we can stem the tide of, you know, things like these mass shootings that are going on. So a little bit about our guest and what he's bringing to the platform, Rodney. Uh, Roger, before we bring our guest on, uh, we do have one caller that wants to make a comment about the uh, school shooting, and I'm going to bring him in on, and then hopefully we'll have our guest on. So we actually have Andrew from the continent that uh, has some some comments about the school shooting. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Hi, Andrew. Welcome well, to the show. We appreciate it. Uh, I, I just wanted to say that it seems like the United States being one of the few countries that's got, like, you know, a generally uh, diverse population of people that are very freedom-orientated and able to actually, uh, you know, make a stand for what they believe in. Uh, you know, we're, there could be a balance of power in the United States. If we look at it logically, it could happen. And uh, it seems like there's always these school shootings in the United States and maybe also in the U.K., but in the rest of the world, people shoot at each other and they kill each other, but not in the schools. 
Hmm. And, uh, you know, it just seems to me like it's a very exciting time for the, for the United States media every time one of these school shootings happens because they focus in on that, not on how many thousands of shootings are happening in Mexico or how many thousands of shootings are happening in Africa right now. But it's right. school shootings in the United States, and we need to take away everybody's guns so that they cannot defend themselves because the police state will defend you. It's freaking ridiculous, man. I mean, I just think that it's like, it's, it's, it's almost like uh, somebody's sitting these, uh, I mean, I, wait, 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 no, I have to say, it couldn't possibly be that there's a government operation or some kind of black ops operation by some special interest group to set up these school shootings. It couldn't possibly be happening, even though Darren Brown proved that you can do that, proved that you can brainwash someone or, or like hypnotize someone into shooting somebody else. It couldn't possibly be though, right? Even though it's possible. Wow. Well, anything is possible these days. You know, actually, your scenario was just up this week on the blacklist. There was a a part of their storyline that spoke just to what you were saying just now about uh, uh, organizations instigating um, a lot of the things that we see on our 24-hour news cycle stations. So it's very interesting that you bring it to the platform this week. Very cool. It's just so frustrating, right, because the, uh, the, the debate, right, never gets to that point. It's like, okay, we want to talk about whether it's uh, right to have guns in school or not to have guns in school. Or we want to talk about whether it's right to have guns on the streets or not to get, not, not like whether it's possible and whether it's okay for covert operations to be run from inside special ag- interest agencies that hypnotize people into shooting other people. Like, why don't we have a debate on that? Why don't we go look into the research behind that? And say, is it, you know, like you look at guys like Chris Kyle and you know, the mysterious circumstances under which his parents said, do not let our son, sorry, not Chris Kyle's parents, but like the guy that he was trying to help. They said, don't let him out of the mental hospital. He's going to kill someone. What did they do? Let him out of the mental hospital. And, and what do you suppose we do about things of, of this nature? What do you, I mean, you have we're a country that believes in, in, in gun. Uh-huh. the citizens owning guns and, and being able to access guns, what do you think we should do to, you know, cut back this crazy mass shootings in public places and, you know, still allow citizens to bear arms? Well, the biggest issue, the bigger issue behind um, every single nation that every single nation faces is not so much just the, um, uh, like, the, the question of how, but, like, I suppose you could say the implementation of an open source intelligence net or multiple open source intelligence networks. And guys like Robert Steele have been discussing this for a long time. And he's ex-CIA. <laughs> I don't know if you ever are ex-CIA, but you know he um, he he worked with the CIA for a long time. And you know he's identified that you know you cannot make a change, okay, in a nation when you're operating on a level that is way below that of the intelligence agencies. Because if you're going up against certain black ops elements of the CIA operating in your local town or your local region, et cetera, et cetera, then you, if you don't have the intelligence network to be able to counteract what's going on, you're not going to be able to do it. So like you're playing in a game where you're playing against Kasparov. You're playing chess against Kasparov. And until people start learning that we're, we're playing a chess game where we have to up our game, we're going, to, we're going to keep talking about the issue and going, well, well, look what happened. Look at what just happened. Instead of, guys, preemptively, this is what's going to happen. Like, Thanks the so Russians, much. the French, they all spoke about 9-11 before it happened. 
but nobody noticed and nobody did anything about it. Hmm. Anyway. Well, thank you so much for calling in. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right. That was Andrew from Africa uh, calling in and sharing his thoughts on school bullying and really how does the American uh, media address this and then how do we respond to it. So thank you, Andrew, for your, your call, for your input. And Angela, our guest, uh, you know, this is National Bullying Prevention Month, and we have a guest on the line that many of you have seen on the airway because he's been, uh, been in some popular shows. And why don't you introduce him, and we'll bring him on. Well, without further ado, uh, welcome to the platform, Venetius Month. I'm going to butcher your last name again, so before I do, take it over. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you for having me on. No worries, it's Vinicius Machado. <laughs> Machado. See, I can't get that role together. <laughs> How are you? Thank you for coming on to Our Own Voices Live. We'd like to welcome you. And I can't wait to get into uh, our topic on uh, bully pre- bullying prevention with you today. So start where you would like. I'm excited to be on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great, by the way, uh, in the middle of uh, three different projects. Uh, so uh, very blessed, you know, and grateful to be able to continue to be on the grind, you know, and uh, to yes. be able to use my platform, such as I'm doing with uh, Stop Bullying Our Foundation, to really empower uh, not just kids, you know, but the whole world and to influence them to, uh, you know, to be the change, you know, and uh, I think we all can do it. Um, so I, you know, I'm just, that's what I live for and, uh, that's what I'm going to continue to do. Wonderful. Well, let's start a little bit before we get into the, 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 uh, stop bullying now. Let's get into a little bit of your background. Tell folks where they have seen you and experienced your, your talent and, you know, talk a little bit about the three projects you have on, on the, uh, on the come up. Yeah. So, um, I started out, uh, uh, in Orlando, Florida, long, long, long time ago. Uh won't get into the years. <laughs> yeah. uh, but um, I started at Universal Studios Orlando, you know, uh, from there to everything, recreational, theme park, work uh, all the way down to um, live events and special events, commercials, international sure. films. Yeah, so, you know, some of the things that people will recognize are like, on TV, uh, my primetime credits on TV, uh, CSI Miami, NCIS, Flash Forward, Dark Blue, The Shield, Lincoln Heights, General Hospital, um, Sleeper Cell, Michael Ely, uh, Nancy Classified, Power, um, True Detective, uh, uh, on and on. Get Smart with Steve Carell and, you know, a whole bunch of other films. So um, I'm currently shooting uh, three films. Um, one I just ended called Game of Chance. And I'm sorry for the beeping. I'm driving. Oh, it's cool. No problem. Um, I'm heading to Fox Studio. Uh, so, but um, uh, I, I'm also shooting a thriller right now uh, called Distortion. I have a feature film running on Lifetime still with Rob Lowe by Sony Pictures called Beautiful and Twisted. So, um, mm. you know, staying on the grind. <laughs> Working hard, staying on that grind, making it happen. Uh, talk to me a little bit about what it was like to work on Power, and what do you think of uh, your you guys' success following that first season? Second season was fantastic. So talk to me a little bit about what it was like to work on Power. 
Oh, it was incredible. So inspiring. Uh, you know, I've been following 50's career for a long time, and, um, you know, he's just a, a, a genius, you know, yeah. in honesty up from where he came from and to being to where he is right now. Sure. Um, it's inspiring. And uh, to be around him, I really wasn't sure what to expect. And then the first time I met him, he came up to me and gave me a hug. He told me how much uh, he loved what I was doing and uh, just gave me wisdom. I mean, every experience that I had with him for about six to eight months that I was there, every encounter was he was just, you know, throwing jams at me. And that's how he is with everybody, you know. He's the type of guy who wants to empower, protect, and uh, to encourage him. So um, I was very thrilled to be a part of it. Such a great show, uh, great writing, great cast. I had worked with Amari already on Dark Blue a few years back, but it was nice to reconnect with them on another mm-hmm. level of your own power. So I was just thrilled, man. Well, we certainly enjoyed um, your work, and I am a big fan of power. I, I really loved you on True Detective, though. The silk robe and the Speedo was super cool. I just want to say. Thank you. Showing your Brazilian side a little bit, huh? <laughs> Thank you so much. So, um, talk to me about Stop Bullying Now. What made you, uh, what drew you to this project, and what what are you hoping the outcome will be? Yeah, so when I came here, when I, I came to the United States when I was 12 years old from Brazil, and I was bullied, and that led me down to a dark path um, that I almost didn't recover from. And through the arts, I was able to overcome it and find self-identity and uh, self-sufficiency and to be able to heal. And uh, so that's what I'm, you know, uh, uh, wanting to do is to be able to continue to uh, utilize the platform that I have to give back in that sense, you know, and uh, to be able to encourage people to live a life well-lived and full um, without fear, you know, without being paralyzed um, by the circumstances or uh, discouragement and sometimes a lot by the oppression and lack of love that goes on a lot in our society. Um, so, um, you know, for me it was a no-brainer teaming up with Stop Bullying because that's what I want to do and I believe the future is kids, so the next generation, you know, so being able to get them where they're at right now at a place where they're so vulnerable but yet so teachable and, you know, sure. to encourage them to live uh, in a way that, you know, they're going to treat others the way they want to be treated. So that's what I want to be able to do and change the world in that sense and make it a better place. Wow. When I look at some of the uh, statistics shared on, on the uh, StopBullyingNow.org infogram, one out of four students will be abused by another youth. One out of five yeah. admits to being bullied or doing some bullying. That's Daunting. That's that's a, that's a lot of numbers. That's a big number. And uh, what are some of the things that you feel we could do right now to help stem the tide there? Yeah, creating, uh, awareness is, is, is the first step in creating preventative. Um, you know, only one out of three adults are notified that their kids are being bullied, and sometimes that they're bullies themselves. So, you know, just spreading the word. People can go to stopbullyingnowfoundation.org to get more info on it, to get immediate assistance 24-7, and also to be able to help us to further the cause of love, anti-bullying, you know, uh, and to donate and help the uh, organization as well. So spreading the word right now is key. And then, you know, it's the process of, after you have that, educating people on what steps to take, initiating um, the involvement in their kids' lives. And not just kids, 
we single them up sometimes because they're a great majority of of uh, the, 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 the the forefront of what happens. But you know, just as we saw in Oregon, um, and you know, as it happens in all different facets of life, uh, bullying mm-hmm. comes in different forms. You know, it's not um, just one dimensional. It's sometimes um, you know, such as spreading rumors. Um, you know, sometimes is um, you know, uh, rejecting someone or making them feel um, uh, rejected, you know, um, and sometimes it's, um, it, it may be aggressively um, such as hitting and taunting and things of that nature that are more direct, but uh, it could be very indirect in a lot of ways and in different facets of life as well. So we all go through it in different ways. And so creating awareness, again, spreading the word is the first step, and that's what we're doing right now. Um, and just getting the word out so that people can know where to go and uh, how to go about it. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and if it affects both sides. Uh, when I read on the site that uh, a bully is six times more likely to be incarcerated by the age of 24, you know, it just, you know, rings in, ring, brings in the seriousness for both kids, the bully and the bull, and the child that's being bullied. What do you think uh, we can do to help uh, young people that may be the bully? Yeah, you know, it's it's a great, great question because a lot of times they get, you know, excluded. But they are very much a part of of uh, uh, the solution as well because you don't want to you don't want to leave them out. You know, it's like what creatures have it. So if you get a kid at an early age and you teach them to treat others the way they want to be treated, really, you know, by definition, bullying is when a person or a group uh, repeatedly tries to harm somebody who is weak or whom they think is weaker. But I say that bullying is nothing but a, a lack of love. And so you teach them right from the get-go, just like Dr. Martin Luther King, who said, man has not begun to live. So he moves from the narrow confinement of his own individual concerns to the broader concerns of our humanity. If we live, if we get to the point where we we know and we practically practice that we are here for one another, that our differences doesn't divide us, it only makes us stronger. And with love, we can unify that and have harmony and be able to accept each other and respect each other. Then we're going to be able to instill in that person a habit of uh, of, of of love, and that's going to change the world, um, one person at a time. And so, you know, the key is really to uh, consider the bullying himself because a lot of times um, they, you know, they're the ones who could, um, they were the victims in a lot mm-hmm. of the statistics. You know, they were the victims at first and they uh, had to regurgitate and uh, to act differently just to be able to protect themselves. Uh, but then they end up becoming the bullying. Um, so, again, it goes right back down to, the core, which is, you know, you can change the outer, but until you change the heart and change the inside, nothing's going to really change. And so that's what we're targeting. Absolutely, absolutely. Rodney, I want you to get in here and ask a question. Uh, so I'm going to turn you over to my co-host, Rodney. Well, you know, I was listening to what hey, brother, I appreciate what you were saying. I was listening to what you were saying. And then when you mentioned that you were bullied, uh, yourself. Now, I've, I've been looking at your pictures, and I'm sure you folks are saying, how could this man, this specimen of a man, I've been hanging out with Angela, so I don't know how the ladies talk, but people probably would not assume the person that you are today to have been bullied as a person growing up. And maybe share a little bit about 
how you were able to uh, over, overcome that as being that person who was bullied and then developing into the positive role model that you are today. Yeah, well, um, my, my parents have been a great influence in my life, um, and I thank them um, for the way that they raised me and their, you know, their love, in all honesty. Uh, without them, I wouldn't be here. Um, but it, it was it was difficult. Um, I had to I, I had to get to a point, you know, where um, I had to let go of a lot of what I thought was in my right to possess anger, bitterness, you know, uh, hatred, um, and, and it wasn't, you know. Um, so part of that was the healing process and being able to talk about what had happened to me and uh, how that affected me. And so I had mentors uh, who came into my life, thankfully, and um, who helped guide me. And so this is why I say, you know, uh, being involved um, and investing into a person, whomever they are, whether they're a child or an adult, um, from the heart perspective is really the key because sometimes we can look at people as projects, you know, especially when you have, um, uh, you know, an agenda um, that is, uh, you know, a third uh, eye type of point of view. But um, it's really key to be able to treat a person as a person, and I can't stress that enough, and to look at them because everybody's different. And so you can't treat them with the same formula that you treat everybody. And so being open-hearted, again, is love. You know, that's the greatest bond of unity. If you really love that person, you're going to listen to them. You're not going to try to give them an answer that is a book answer or you're going to give them what had happened to somebody else. So really listening is the first, is, is the first uh, part. And so I had, I had that, fortunately, in my life where I had people that listened to me and cared enough for me to be able to direct me out of that darkness and into the light. And then it was a no-brainer for me because I'm so passionate about people um, and I said, you know what, if, if, this, if I can get through it and I, if I can get to the other side, I'm going to be able to do the same for others because uh, there's not enough people out there laboring to that end. And so I, you know, chose to tackle on the issue, and I said, you know, I'm going to be a voice. I'm going to be a hand. I'm going to be an instrument uh, to be able to guide people into the light as I have uh, been guided. So that's why I tackled on. Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, Angela's going to give us a station ID, and then I have another question for you. Well, you're listening to Our Own Voices Live. I'm Angela Thomas. I'm on with my co-host, Rodney Smith, and Mr. Mendrejaris. I'm ruining it. Anyway, um, we're here talking today about um, national uh, bullying prevention month, and he's given us a lot of uh, information on how to uh, help our kids. So if you'd like to join the conversation, please join us. Uh, call us at 347-826-9600. All right, thank you. All right, gentlemen. Uh, I, I did it. Didn't you said you were bullied in? I am not part of that you are by any means. Uh, I did post a picture up on Facebook yesterday, and it got a, a few likes on it, and it made my day. And I'm sure that you get those all the time. But I was also bullied as a child. And it really had a major impact on how I saw myself. And I remember thinking, but I haven't done anything. Though. All I did was come to school. But I was bullied. And I just didn't know how to respond to it initially. Now, 
I also know that the folks in Columbine who did those horrible school shootings there had been bullied, and their actions were an, an unhealthy response to it. So I guess my next question for you is, have you seen any research or has anyone told you about the origin of bullying? Is it something, in other words, is it something that is developed because of this, this, and this? How important is the home environment in bullying and schools in their response to it in bringing an end to this? Uh, well, it's been going on every South or South Miami event. Yeah, you know, I have done some research. Instruction is the way of life. You know, you leave, like, Lord of the Flies. You leave flies by themselves. And that is why we have uh, government. That is why we have uh, uh, law. Um, It is to protect. Unfortunately, it gets corrupted by... Uh, individuals who um, utilize their position um, for the love of power versus the power of love. And so, but again, you, you have to you have to understand that knowledge is power, um, and you have to understand that unless you're going to be able to teach and educate people on what it is and how to go about it and then how to prevent it and how not to have it um, affect you to the point that you are paralyzed for the rest of your life. We're never going to be able to get out of the, 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 the hole that we're in. So it goes right back down to, again, as I was saying, you get the kids at an early age and you teach them right from the get-go that the the world is a better place when you have love. Um in the end, there's only going to be love because love never fails. You can never outgive love, and and that is really the key because we are so diverse and we're so different. Yet it is so beautiful that way, and uniquely designed to be beautiful that way. That that is what we sometimes lack to understand. That that is the design. We get caught up in our differences, our skin colors, our preferences. And we bypass the fact that we are human beings, and we get caught up in the trap that at times leads us to dark places. So I really believe that the key is education. Okay, so one of the things that you mentioned was, and and Brian and I were talking about in the pre-production of the show, uh, one of the things that came up is some of the characters that you play in some of the shows, uh, even in the name. We thought of how apropos it was to you being in, uh, working with the uh, in bullying prevention because you mentioned power. And of course, one of your shows is called Power. And we know that oftentimes bullying, similarly, it's not the same, but similarly to rape, is about power. Yep. Uh, we also know that when folks take it to the extreme, for retribution, like in Columbine, it's the way for them to feel and to be in their uh, minds powerful. So 
Right. It, there's direct correlation. To, you know, we just have to mention that. You know, she and I were doing post production. Not actually, he's a great guy for this. For this, because he's in a show, or has been in a show that deals with power, and bullying has a lot to do about power. What are some of the things that parents do on me to prevent their children from becoming a bully? So we know that children will be bullied. Right, that's a, that's it's been going on for a long time. But what are some of the preventive, preventative uh, measures for parents to prevent their children from turning into bullies? Yeah, uh, you know, I I I've talked to a few parents and I tell them sometimes, sometimes you got to get radical and you just got to take away the phones, you got to take away the iPad, you know, and you gotta you gotta go back down to being a human being and talking to them. Um, on a one-on-one, looking at them eye-to-eye and getting involved that way. Because a lot of times, uh, you know, especially with the way life is today, parents are, you know, juggling two jobs, and when they're sitting down and talking to kids, is hey, how you doing? But the kids are on the phone, you know, because the way society is today. And they're not, you know, they're not being caused to um, to engage and to really uh, um, open up. And so, you know, it, it really comes down to, investing into that person and um you know if their person is if their kid is open and they're really um um uh, teachable and uh, you know you don't have to go to such extremes as taking away the iPads and such sometimes you have to but uh, just opening up the conversation and really engaging with them and talking to them how you doing you know something as simple as that um how is school have you heard about bullying do you know what it is have you experienced it are you bullying anyone? Do you know what it means to be a bully? You know, such questions as simple as that can open up a whole world and prevent so many tragedies and uh, so much heartaches. Um, so it's really just about initiating. So it sounds like it's as simple. It, it It's something as simple as engaging a young person and, you know, showing love and showing that you're you're involved and you're in, and you care about, you know, their existence and what's going on with them can go a long way in preventing something tragic. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's all about engaging. Absolutely. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, how you got involved with uh, Stop Bullying, the Stop Bullying Now Foundation. Yeah, well, we um, had been uh, actually looking for the opportunity. Lowell Levine, um, who is the president of Stop Bullying Now Foundation, uh, we met up with them in Miami while we were touring, promoting True Detective. And, um, you know, we really wanted to uh, partner up with the organization and just to be able to use our platform to be able to further the cause, and uh, we just wanted the help from the heart. And um, after meeting Lowell and, uh, you know, having a conversation with him and, uh um, it was a no-brainer. Uh, he agreed, and we agreed, and uh, and then there was it. Absolutely, I love Miami. By the way, my daughter was uh, living there, so I had uh, the opportunity to spend a lot of time there. So I know what a, a magnificent city is filled with really wonderful people doing great things, and obviously, uh, the Stop Bullying Now Foundation is a part of that community and, and doing great things for kids across the country. And, you know, this can have a this will have a global impact because, you know, 
it's kids and and we need to empower our young people to let them know that they are the solution that they're looking for. Well, think about it this way, right? If we knew five years ago what we know now, how much further along would we be, right? Imagine five years sure. from now, right? Imagine if you, um, in, in, even from, put it in a, in a personal individual uh, uh, point of view, if just from the point of view of anti-bullying, if you know the effects and the relationships that you're going to hurt and you're going to be hurt by, just by the lack of information that you have, how many more people can you influence and be impacted by their influence to have a better life five years from now? And that's what it's all about. Instruction is a way of life. Love is really the key. And that's what we're doing. That's the way to prevent. It's first by creating the awareness, talking about the issue, and bringing it to light to be able to give it um, the proper um, uh, management that it needs and the care and attention. Absolutely. Are there any uh, particular events that you want to tell our audience about? Uh, particularly with the uh, uh, Stop Bullying right now, um, we are working on a few things, nothing solidified yet, but um, okay. I will I will be, uh, I am going to be presenting at the uh, Action Icon Awards on October 18th here, and uh, if given the opportunity, I am going to speak on it so um, they can watch out for that. Um, and then just keep following me on uh, social media, Vima Child 82. I'm going to continue. We are going to continue to put out uh, different videos with different statistics, PSAs that we have shot and that is done uh, to be able to continue to um, impact and uh, further the cause of Stop Bullying Now Foundation. And, again, people can go to stopbullyingnowfoundation.org for immediate assistance 24-7 or to donate and help us further the cause. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we shared the infograph uh, that is on StopBullyingNowFoundation.org, and um, we hope to help you guys continue to make a great impact in um, young people's lives and in this uh, bullying, on the bullying forefront uh, with this being Anti-Bullying Month. I commend you, sir. I salute you, and we really appreciate you coming to the platform to talk about this very important topic. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be on, and uh, thank you from the bottom of my heart for all the help and the love. And um, anytime you guys uh, would have me back, I'll be here in a heartbeat. Thank you. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. Yes, have a great day. Well, Rodney, that brings us to the close of a fabulous uh, interview. And I knew when the time came I was going to butcher his name. And, I, oh God, I hate that I did that, but I'm really happy that he claimed, that he came to the platform and blessed us with this information so that we can bless our audience and they can, you know, take it and, and run with it for their young people. So, um we want you guys to reach out to StopBullyingNowFoundation.org and let them know how much you appreciate the um, information and donate and help improve a child's life by preventing bullying.
Rodney and I are going to continue to talk about um, bullying and other things that are in the news this week. And we would love to hear from you. So I'm going to give a station ID. I'm Angela Thomas. You are listening to Our Own Voices Live. If you'd like to join the conversation, please dial us up at 347-826-9600. Also, visit us on our social media platform. Uh, We're on Facebook. So go to Facebook and look us up, Our Own Voices Live. We'd love to hear Uh, what you have to say on the bullying topic. We'd also love to hear what you have to say about any other thing that you would love to um, have an exchange with us on. So we're always available on uh, Facebook and via social media. We have some um, other social media things coming up in the near future. We will be um, on Periscope soon. We're going to be doing some live streaming. So can't wait to have you guys um, join us on Periscope. So be looking out for the Our Own Voices live Periscope. And until then, call into the show, 347-826-9600. So interesting to have... Uh, one of the premier primetime bad guys on to the show uh, talking about anti-bullying and and really carrying the torch for uh, young people today to not take part in it and help prevent it. And like he said, it, it is all about young people and it's all about empowering them to know that they are the um, solution that they are looking for. You know, I, I I was listening to him, Angela, and you know, you see this heartthrob. You see this guy that's out there making paper, as as young people like to say. At least that's <laughs> something that they feel say. They may have moved on to something else by now. But he's he's out there making paper. He's out there doing something. He's a nice looking gentleman. And he has a great sense of self as well as well as community, and he's put his focus on young people. But this bullying thing has been going on forever, and you know I I just can't help but uh, think about you know Columbine just reverberating in my mind that those what sort of kicked this stage that we're in now off was bullying. Young people who felt that they were being bullied and wanted to gain the upper hand and notoriety up to the point of not only killing other people, which takes a certain level of mental state on its own, but then typically if you don't love no one else, you love yourself, but they were even willing to to die. And many of the shooters that are involved, and I don't know if it's necessarily involved in bullying, but willing to die. And just for me, it begs the question of what are we doing to create these types of individuals, whether it's Columbine or whether it's the young fellow that used to pinch me every day at school in first grade to uh, 
Mr. Vincinius Machado, but he had to go through, and he's from Brazil, so this is not something that's specific to America. This is in different places. So there's, there's something out there, but what is caused, and this is the question to the audience, what is causing or has caused this uptick of bullying, and maybe it's violence, just an uptick in violence. There's something going on, and there's a lot of speculation. There's been some studies about the impacts of uh, media to include social media. You know, there's a lot of online bullying that goes on. There are young people who have been bullied online who have taken their own lives. There are young people who have been bullied online who have bullied others. Because similar to molestation, those who were molested oftentimes become molesters. Those who were bullied can become bullied themselves. Absolutely. Venetia Machado. Thank you again for coming on to the platform. I'm sorry. I got nervous and butchered his name when he came on the platform because he's one of my favorite bad guys uh, on prime time. But Vanessa's Machado with the StopBullyingNowFoundation.org. Please check them out and continue the dialogue with us on Facebook uh, regarding bullying and, and what you're doing in your community to help prevent it. What are you telling your kids? Like, you know, we address, it affects both children that are involved in the bullying situation. It affects the bully as much as it affects the bullied. To know that by 24, a young person that is partaking in, in bullying by the age of 24 will probably have to deal with incarceration is pretty incredible to me. And it, when I read that statistic on their website, uh, it it really helped to highlight that this affects both children and, you know, some parents who, you know, may be approached, hey, your child is, is bullying someone, you know, they may not be ready to address it, but you probably should get ready and figure out what's going on with your young person that, you know, they're thinking that this is a solution. Like uh, Venetia said, he probably was the, the victim initially of bullying himself. That really has to be addressed. You know, is is this a pent up aggression, frustration that the child may have? Now, I don't know this, but just from the conversation, is could that be a part of it? And this is the way that they act out. You know, oftentimes the things that children do are a response to what's going on internally to them, and then they act out on it. And of course, if they grow up without these things being checked, it develops into something much worse than what we call schoolyard bullying. Well, I can tell you, to the person in the schoolyard or the classroom that's being bullied, at that moment of being bullied, it is an invasion of a person's physical space, depending on the bullying, but it's an invasion of the person's mind. How much more intimate can you get when you get inside someone's head this is this bullying is a serious thing, as Angela mentioned, on the one who's bullying as well as the one who's being bullied. And maybe we're not spending enough attention on the one who's being bullied. Uh, 
uh, or excuse me, the one that's doing the bullying on the bullying to where he or she may be. And let's not get it twisted. We oftentimes make bullying a masculine action. I can tell you that there are plenty of young girls, teenagers, and in some cases young women who are bullied by other women, by other young girls, by other teens. You see this thing uh, scripted out in television and movies quite often. So it is not just a masculine thing. It is not boys will be boys. This is something that is across gender and it impacts people, and sometimes it impacts them their entire life. And if, depending on how they act out on it, as in Columbine, it can have devastating impact on other people's lives and ending their lives. So bullying, though it's not like what it was 30, 50 years ago, maybe some of the same reasons for it, but how it's acted out today is definitely not like what happened years ago. This is something that we need to take serious now because, as in, uh, I have some nurses who come out to the gathering and I listen to some of the words that they say. And uh, when they talk about certain diseases, uh, especially cancers, they'll use the word metastasize. And bullying to me is like a cancer or some other virus or infection of invasion of the body. It will spread, metastasize to other things and then turn it into what it is, as in one bully may create another bully. This is something serious that should be dealt with, especially as we just are talking about the latest school shooting. We don't know the cause or reason behind that yet. There could be many causes and reasons. We may have to look at that even differently. Instead of demonizing the person, these are horrendous acts. You need to go to the cause, causation, not the medical term. You need to go get the causation because it is impacting other people. And we hear a copycat uh, crime, whether it's a bullying action, whether it's a shooter action. But what about the shooting off the, I think it was Interstate 10, I believe. And then they said, well, we got the guy, but we there copycats out there. So in other words, once one person starts doing it, Invariably, someone else starts doing it. Well, why is that? You know, we have to get to the causations, and we'll continue to have the causes. So, Angela, thank you so much for arranging to have uh, the wonderful guest, uh, Venetia Machado, on the, the show today, hailing originally from Brazil, uh, starring in shows like Power and some others. They talked about Power. And it's adverse effect uh, as in uh, bullying. You know, one of the other topics that I wanted to get on before we end our show today is we have the Million Man, the 20th anniversary of the Million Man March in Washington, D.C. Did you attend and, the original? Uh, no, no, I, I did not attend the original. Uh, I was in service at the time. And, uh, okay. That, that wasn't something that. I was able to do. Uh, well, the original, the girls weren't invited, so I sent, I, you know, my younger brother went. Um, my husband wasn't able to go, but I, I do remember my my younger brother and his friends caravanning from Chicago to D.C. 
and having their little road trip is a memory that he and his friends have to share for the rest of their lives. And, I, you know, I just remember uh, the stories they came back off of that road trip with uh, traveling across country, meeting many young brothers such as themselves, just like them, uh, that were making their way to Washington, D.C. for the Million Man March. And he said it was a uh, a feeling he will never, ever forget. And it's a, it's a, uh, it was an event in his life that he will never, ever forget. He will never forget the camaraderie that uh, he shared with hundreds of brothers that he encountered from Chicago uh, all the way to D.C. and just the overwhelming sense of um, we are accomplishing something that um, they felt having attended the march 20 years ago. And we were just talking, he and I were just talking about it uh, this week, as a matter of fact, because he and some of his friends that went to the march are going to, you know, have a meetup of of sorts uh, to commemorate their trip. They won't be able to attend uh, in D.C., but they are going to have their own commemorative uh, deal with it. And they did many things uh, with each other and with their community because they did attend the Million Man March all those years ago. Twenty years is so crazy. You know, and I'm glad you, you mentioned that last because, you know, as we're celebrating or commemorating <coughs> the 20th anniversary of the Million Man March, and we're going to have our own Frank Lajee from KCET, Power 88, going to broadcast live from the Million Man March. So big shout out to Franklin and his platform. But that was going to be my next question. Is what was the outcome of the Million Man March. So they had the march, right? And right. so and they got people together. Uh, they had, you know, inspirational words. You had guest speakers, and I, and I guess there was some activities. But I'm curious as what has been the impact of the Million Man March. Uh, so that's the first question. The second uh, piece of the question is, the Million Man March then seems to be a little different from the Million Man March now, and I'm not sure if it is, because there's it's not just the Million Man March that's coming together. It's four else that tagged on to the Million Man March. And I've asked several people, well, many people, what does the or else mean? Because it almost sounds like a threat. And I've heard some words from the, the uh, minister and some others that sound even more like a threat. Uh, so I'm kind of curious, what is the or else part? So two questions. What was the impact of the first one? You know, what, what was the continuation of it? And what does the or else mean? Is it a little different from the first one? Go ahead, Angie. Uh From my standpoint, I can only uh, gauge it, gauge the, the outcome of the Million Man March based off the young men that I put my money on. Uh, making sure that they had money for food and gas. And, you know, I just remember how much it meant to them. How I remember them coming to my home and, you know, petitioning me and my husband, get in the living room right now. These young men pleaded their case and, you know, separated us from our our, our money, our hard-earned money, so that they could get going. <laughs> my my uh, brother was, you know, late teens, maybe early, maybe early 20s by then. Um, student, 
so were his peers. Good kids. I, I will acknowledge I never had any uh, trouble out of my brother. He's never been a gang member, never been a problem child, always been creative and always been a uh, real motivated young man. So, you know, I, I acknowledge I sent good stock to the Million Man March, and so were his peers. All of his peers were not gang bangers and, you know, just good guys. And all of them are now married, good fathers. The outcome for us was a couple of businesses. Uh, they came back and they started a, uh, a, manu- a computer manufacturing business where they uh, custom-made uh, computers for individuals as well as uh, companies in Chicago. So that was one thing. They also started... Uh, Beat Monsters, which was uh, a record label, initially to do their own, uh, to produce and distribute their own music. Uh, but ultimately, it ended up ushering the way for a number of independent artists in Chicago. And so, you know, I can say for that group of five guys that I helped fund to uh, make their way to the Million Man March in Washington, D.C., they came back. Uh, energized and really focused on making an impact, not just on their community, but, you know, on the world. And they did that. Mm. Okay. Well, so there is obviously some positive benefit. Now, that one was sort of, um, and we're coming to the end of our time today, uh, but for all who we weren't able to get on, uh, the apologize for you listening again next week. You go our own voices live on Facebook this week. Uh, questions or comments, and you can also hit us up on our own voices on Twitter. Uh, for those who went in, it seems to have been an inspirational thing. Uh, this time, uh, the words that are coming out seem to be a little different. Now, it could just be me in my perception of those words, but there's no matter how I try to slice it and dice it, there's that or else piece attached to it. What, what's your thoughts on, on this one? And are you sending anyone or helping anyone go to this one? I am not helping anyone uh, go to the Million Man March this go-round, simply because uh, none of the young men in my in my sphere have really talked to me about that. Um, what do I think the or else means? I'm hoping it means... Um, or else you may find yourself in a Trayvon Martin situation or something of that nature. I would hate to um, think that or else means something, you know, or else, I, or, or else-ish. It, it sounds like they're leaving it up to your interpretation. So I'm hoping everybody interprets that or else positively so that we can have, come back and affect our communities in a positive way. Mm. Okay. Well, I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it means. Thank you for putting a, a positive spin on it like that because that is, you know, there is a lot of talk about the or else part. And people asking the question, what does or else mean? Or else mean? I like what you said. They mean whatever you want to mean. It could mean if we don't do something about this, hey, things could get worse. Yes. Or else you can be a Trayvon Martin, an Eric Garner, 
uh, Tamir Rice and you know the list kind of goes on and on and on. Or Unfortunately, else you yeah. To be uh, impoverished, uh, missed and undereducated, uh, overrepresented in the prison industrial complex, underrepresented in the boardroom. So I'm glad you said that, Andrew, because I, I kept wondering, what is or else? What does that mean? And that that is very well be what it means. Uh, I want to add this to this particular discussion here, and this is nothing with necessarily anything nefarious. This is a reality, or it will, it will be a reality. And that is that Americans are not producing enough children to maintain the people that are here now. Because the way our system works, Social Security and other things, is you have to have more people coming online and entering the workforce who pay for the people who have already done their time in the workforce, right? And right. many cases of those who might be disabled. Well, we're simply not producing enough people. And you can break that down by ethnicity, uh, racial markers, and other things. Most African Americans are also not producing enough people. And I know some people say, well, Rodney, how can you say that when we have all of these unwanted babies, we have uh, the foster care, or we have, you know, we don't have enough adoptions going on. And you're absolutely right, that does exist. And that's sort of a, a, a paradox that we're in. Because on one end, we know that Americans and then subgroups of Americans are not producing enough children to sustain their subgroup. And we, we're not producing enough children to sustain America as a whole. Now, one of the great things about America it, from the very beginning was that America was a country that accepted and even invited immigrants in. And even though there's a discussion about immigration reform now, which I think has been politicized out of reality, immigration has been a huge part of America's success story. Now, we're talking legal immigration, right? Well, African-Americans, you know, Asians can get people from the continent of Asia. You know, you got Japan, you have uh, China, Korea, et cetera, et cetera, right? So they can bring, so they can increase their populations here with more people from their country coming over, or from their continent coming over. Now, for African-Americans, you know, because our numbers seem to stagnate about 13%, and you keep asking why. Now, there's probably multiple factors to this, but one of them is that African Americans have no country or continent to import more African Americans. African Americans have no country or continent to import more African Americans. Native Africans to the continent of Africa. When they come over to America, their designation is not specifically African-American as is viewed American of African ancestry, usually slaves. They're not seen the same by the general population, and maybe they're not seen by their separate population. So in, in, in some places, I believe Minnesota is one of them, Africans are lobbying not to be designated as African-Americans as 
those who had slave ancestors here. Hmm. So because of that, we're in a very unique position of all people, with the exception of Native Americans, that we do not necessarily have a base of people someplace else to bolster us here. So immigration reform is important for sure, but if African Americans want to keep pace with the growth of other demographics, and in this case when I'm saying African Americans, I'm talking about people who were brought here from the uh, slave trade. If we do not create, appropriate more children of our own, we will continue potentially to have population decline of our group or subgroup of Americans. And this has major ramifications in the political realm where each vote and the more votes you have increases your power. We just simply because we don't have a specific country to draw from will continue to drop in numbers if we do not reconsider our appropriation levels here. Those are controversial words that Brother Andrew earlier that was controversy, as a friend of mine used to say it. And here's one that may be controversial, too, is we may need to look at as a subgroup of people in America if we want to maintain hate in population with other groups, we may need to reconsider procreation and our levels of state creation here or else we will continue to decline. Latino Hispanic has had eclipsed African American as the largest minority. On the heels of Latino Hispanic charged forward is Asian American. And a lot of that most of it is to immigrate. They are on pace to eclipse African American ultimately to eclipse Latino Hispanic. So then that so now we went from sort of the gold medal as number one to the silver medal as number two and soon we'll be down to the bronze medal. And because we put the majority population has the majority, you know, that actually puts us out of contention. So we use that a little bit or sports metaphor, we will be out of contention. This is something and this is a tough one because of the number of abortions that we already have, where people not wanting, you know, children to the amount of children who are put into the foster care. This is something that we're going to have to address if we want to have some semblances of power. So, you know, that's um, pretty much the topic that I that we have planned on hitting on today. We wanted to discuss uh, with Venetius Machado, and it's Machado as if it's an S. Uh, we wanted to talk to him about his involvement with bullying, as this October is National Bullying Prevention Awareness Month, and he was my show. Many of you may know him from uh, his film roles in shows like Empire, or oh, excuse me, not Empire, but True Detective. Power. And power. Uh, he has there's a hashtag. Hashtag stop bullying now. 
the second hashtag, be the change you want to see. Be the change you want to see, and hashtag stop bullying now. Uh, one of the, I don't know if you guys can't get around to it, but uh, he's written a book, and the book is called Phoenicia's Machado, My Gratitude. Uh, look that up. Uh, this brother does seem to have a lot of gratitude. Uh, as someone who was bullied as you can tell, with the love of his parents, some instruction, and fortitude of his own, was able to pass uh, the bullying that he had to deal with as a child to become a successful actor and now community activist in bullying. So big shout out for Benicius Machado for being on the show today. Thank you, Angela, for bringing him on the show. One of our other topics that we discussed today was the latest school shooting, which tied into bullying, as we know that at Columbine and in other cases, it was the people feeling bullied. And it was very appropriate that one of the shows that Mr. Machado uh, appeared in was a show called Power. And the bullying does have to do with power, a person feeling more powerful or powerful. And then our third topic that we wanted to hit on was the Million Man March. 20th anniversary, uh, 10-10-15, all roads lead to D.C. with having the march. Angela discussed how it impacts the young men who she helps in. Hopefully we'll have those same impacts and greater impacts with those folks who go out. One of our very own Franklin Burley from Like It Is Radio uh, will be there broadcasting live, KCD, Power 88. Uh, hope you guys will tune in because that's something that he's doing to help inform us who couldn't make it or, or, or just, uh, didn't make it this time. So that pretty much ends our show. We do have some exciting shows coming up. You know, we had our relationship show that we did that we're bringing back. We're going to do uh, one on those. We're going to talk about education because we have uh, an education event later this month. Of course, we have the political candidate. We're coming to Las Vegas uh, next week for a political debate, this time the Democrats. Let's see what they have to say. I've uh, yesterday at our community gathering, at our gathering, I talked about uh, integrating and incorporating African-American history and culture throughout all curriculum, K-12, including schools of higher learning that are publicly funded so that people can learn about African-American history and culture because it is a part of world history and culture as well as American history that is omitted for our children and the impact that it has on how African-Americans and Africans are viewed by others as well as how they view themselves. So I think that's very important. I that should be a test. That should be at least one question that is asked to each candidate. So... A lot of things didn't work, a lot of things going on, as they always are. Thank you so much for listening to us today with our special guest, Benicius Machado, uh, National Spokesperson for Stop Bullying Now Foundation.org, and, of course, has the hashtag Stop, uh, Stop Bullying Now. Uh, thank you. Big shout-out to him for being on the show. Andrew, did you have anything else uh, before we close up? Nope, my usual. Make it a great week. See you back here next Saturday, folks. Appreciate you tuning in. All right. Thanks, everyone, very much. And remember, you can go to Our Own Voices 
live on Facebook and our own voices on Twitter to continue the discussion. Also, let us know what you thought about the topics today and what you would like for us to cover. We want to be your resource. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you back here next Saturday at 1230. And if you didn't get a chance to listen to the whole show, because late will be archived. You can go to the beginning and listen to it. So once again, thank you very much for listening to Our Own Voices Live. We'll be back next Saturday at 12.30 p.m. on the West Coast. And that's 3.30 out on the East Coast. Thanks so much. Make it a great week. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.